on behalf of all of the Franciscan community, I want to extend to Alice's family, to her siblings Ruth and Peg, Marvin and Tom, and their extended families, and to the whole families, all the families of Alice's deceased brothers and sisters. Know that we hold you in our prayers and in our hearts in these days. No holy place is truly innocent. Every sacred space holds its own beauty, its particular spirit, and above all, a tangible and profound meaning for all those who inhabit it and who gaze upon it with the eyes of faith. Here in this chapel, there is, of course, a place for font, a place for table, a place for ambo, holy things, and especially a place for an assembly, holy people. These are more than liturgical symbols. They offer to us the very traces of God's presence in our lives. They are vessels of love that we never totally grasp, but always hunger for. For they have the power to transform us, because it is really God in Jesus who seeks to fashion us into the living Word of God, the very body of Christ. And here, in this place, we have also set aside a space, a place of honor. Over here, in front of this screen, where cross overlooks and paschal candle enlightens, we placed our advent wreath, a sign of our waiting for the birth of the Messiah, the Redeemer of us all. And we also place there then the creche, the sign of his birth and ours, for we are called to share in his life. And we place there also the signs of Holy Week, those markers that draw us into the glorious mystery of death and resurrection, his and ours. And today, we have placed there the casket of our sister Alice, for it is a place of honor. And our liturgy today is a testament of our love and our honor for her. But it is true to say that the most striking of all signs is the human image, the persons we love and those who love us. We, then, are the traces of God for each other, moving about in the world of our brothers and sisters, holy things and holy people come together in this place 
in our memories, in our stories, and in our hearts. All of these signs, including the objects that hold the stories of Alice's life, bear the weight of mystery. And at the same time, they give tangible witness of the friendship that we share with the risen Christ and the bond of affection that we have for Alice and for each other. But of course, there are other places and events that shape our lives. And when we embrace them with an unwavering faith, we see the mystery of God unfold before us. I think Alice would have seen all that the author of Ecclesiastes spoke about, the birthing and the dying, the weeping and the laughing, the speaking and the silence, the war and the peace, and so much more from that whole list of wisdom. And she would have been able to gaze on all of that with a faith that said the hand of God was somewhere there in every part. For, like it says in the scripture, she went by faith and not by sight. She could see as God sees. Who would have been open in their very early years to even imagine going into the Amazon of Brazil to teach and to heal? Alice would. Who would let go of an extra tunic or shoes or purse in order to take up residence among so many who needed so much so far away? Alice would. And who would trust what God had in store for a little woman from Evanston for the next 44 years? Alice would. She was a true follower of Francis, listening, teaching, healing, and through all of that, a simple offering a ministry of presence with that quiet sense of assurance that all would be well. And if there was need for physical intervention, she could find blood for anyone. Martha's story comes to mind. She was known for what was called her live blood bank. The blood she needed was stored in persons and she had their number. And they would give blood at a moment's notice if Alice called. And as you heard, even Martha was not immune from such a call in the middle of the night to give up much needed blood. I don't know whether I missed it when Martha was speaking but I think someone said, well, what type of blood do you need? And Alice said, red. 
<laughs> How many lives she saved in this way. But the spiritual gift she offered was more a space for others to find within themselves a sacred place for God. No pressure, just presence. Her embrace of her ministry was like a great tent that brought comfort and peace, a shroud that was a sign of unconditional love that God has for everyone, no exception. And when her own tent, as Paul calls our human bodies, became fragile, weakened by her remarkable journey, she never accepted that as a reason to give up or an excuse to withhold a gesture of service, even a simple one. No one could fight so stubbornly with one of those clickers, with the fierce determination that she could muster. And she almost won every time. She didn't come to matches easily. And in the last few years, those of us here at Our Lady of Angels benefited from her care of the table where the mystery of Eucharistic presence unfolded. But there was another part of that Eucharistic piety of hers. For almost every day, not every day, but almost every day, she and accompanied by Martha would take food that we had left and take it over to the residence at Canticle House. It was her way of living Eucharist. And now it is our prayer that she will enjoy the banquet of the risen Christ, prepared by the one she served with such dignity and grace. <laughs>